This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the Cosmo Happy Hour. It's everything you would talk about with your best friends, from sex to celebrity to entertainment. From the editors of Cosmopolitan.com, this is the Cosmo Happy Hour with Elisa Benson. By now, if you are a living, breathing human, you know that Kim Kardashian posted a naked selfie to Instagram earlier this month. Every human in the world pretty much had an opinion about it. And suddenly, we weren't just talking about another Kardashian selfie. We were talking about slut-shaming and sexism and self-empowerment. We are unpacking all of this and more today on Cosmopolitan.com's Happy Hour podcast. I am your host, Elisa Benson, and I am hanging out in the Cosmo Unicorner today with an all-star cast. Cosmopolitan.com entertainment director and academic of all things Kardashian, Patty Greco. Hi, Patty. Hey, guys. Um, Patty, can I put you on the spot and ask you to sum up your feelings about the Kim K selfie in one word? One word. Oh, shit. Controversial? <laughs> Controversial. Okay, that's mm. perfect. That's perfect. <laughs> um, joining us on the phone from Kenya, actually, is Cosmo alum, writer and reporter, and recovered lawyer, Jill Filipovich. <laughs> Hi, Jill. Hi, thanks so much for having me back at Cosmo. Thank you so much for all that you do for us always. And, you know, the impetus for this show today, in addition to Kim K's selfie, was an essay you wrote after the fact for Cosmopolitan.com called How Kim Kardashian Killed the Term Empowerment. And we're going to talk a lot about that today on the show. But I'd love to put you on the spot just like I did, Patty, and ask you, first of all, to sum up in one word how this selfie made you feel in your soul. Oh, gosh. Confused. Confused. Two C words. Interesting. (laughs) I I have a pattern here. And finally, joining us for the first time in the Cosmo Unit Corner is Stephanie Godalia. Did I say that right? Yes, Godalia. Oh my God, that was of course what we were talking about right before we went live, and (laughs) I was like, I'm gonna mess it up. Um, Stephanie Godalia. Um, Stephanie, you were raised in, as an Orthodox Jew, yes. and now you are an artist and a nude model. True. True. All true. All, All true. true. How long have you been working as a nude model? Um, I'm really bad at time, but I okay. want to say a year and a half. A year and a half. Okay, so like yeah. relatively new, but relatively not like new. you started 20 minutes ago before this episode. Very true. Right. Just for yeah. the episode. <laughs> Just, Just for the for episode. episode. I, started nude model. <laughs> exactly. I heard about this podcast. Yeah. I wanted in. <laughs> Um, and don't you guys think the great thing about a podcast is that we could all be naked right now and no one would know? That's pretty mm-hmm. great. That's pretty I definitely great. have some cleavage out for the occasion. <laughs> That's what I was expecting, actually. <laughs> we were expecting to walk into the Cosmo office and it would just be all naked people. Yeah. All the time. Sometimes it is like that. <laughs> Not going to lie. Um, so, Stephanie, same question I asked everybody mm-hmm. else. Um, hit me with your one word reaction to the Kim Graham. One word, man. I don't know. Naked. I know it's lame, but that's... <laughs> it I was, was like, very hey, naked. naked. All right. Um, I agree with all of you. Controversial, confusing, naked. <laughs> pretty much just summed it up. So we are going to talk today on this episode all about the idea of nudity and if mm-hmm. it's empowering. Um, Patty, I want you to explain, you know, why this particular selfie of all the naked selfies in the world sort of took on a life of its own. Jill, I want you to explain why, to quote a line from your story... 
succeeding in sexiness isn't real power. And Stephanie, I think you offer the perspective of someone who is completely comfortable naked and maybe has a different point of view on all of this. Um, But first, I want to talk about something for two seconds that has empowered me to feel less lazy, which (laughs) is my membership to Fabletics, a website that hooks up VIP members with high-quality workout clothes tailored to your size and preferences on a monthly basis. You guys who listen to the podcast know that for the first time, like literally ever in my life, I have been attempting to work out, you know, like once or twice a week. Nothing crazy. But it's so true that there's nothing that makes you feel better about working out than having cool clothes that you can move in that feel stylish. Hmm. Fabletics is the brainchild of Kate Hudson, who I don't actually think has ever been lazy a day in her life. But um, if you sign up for the site, every month they send you um, different picks of possible outfits that are really tailored to the kind of working out that you do and your preferences. So I'm obsessed. I've talked about this before. I'm obsessed with my Solar leggings in crackle print from Fabletics. They have this like liquid leggings vibe. And every time I wear them, I feel one step closer to nailing crow pose. So go to fabletics.com slash Lisa. Sign up for a VIP membership. You can get a complete outfit for just $25, free shipping and exchanges. Um, I promise, look for the leggings I have. You're going to love them. Fabletics.com slash Alisa. Um, I think that's a perfect segue back into talking about Kim Kardashian. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I should be working out, but (laughs) also I'll work out my brain by talking about Kim Kardashian. Oh, I see what you did there. Um, (laughs) So, Patty, I mean, there are like one million naked photos of Kim Kardashian on the Internet. Right. Can you sort of explain being the academic of the Kardashians (laughs) that you are? You know, why did this one blow up so much and kind of what was the timeline of what happened? Well, it's sort of crazy because we keep talking about this as a nude selfie. And I just would like to remind everyone there were black bars from the very beginning over her breasts and right. vagina. Right. So it's extra puzzling why this blew up. But obviously, I think the reason why was that she she posted this, like, I think it was after midnight on March 7th, because I remember thinking, oh, we're going to have to deal with this in the morning because uh, we don't have a night blogger right now. But anyway, so she it's posted like anytime this. Anytime a Kardashian poses something after like, midnight, uh, it, like, ruins your... Yeah, it's like half of it was like, this is like, whatever. It's not a big deal, but also, I, whatever. So it became a big deal because... First, Bette Midler tweeted about it, which I don't even think that was going to be the biggest deal because Bette Midler just makes her her one-off jokes. She's a queen. She can say whatever she wants, I think. And it wasn't even that mean. It was like, Kim's going to have to swallow a camera if we want to see a part of her we've never seen. And fair enough. We... Right. would need to see her internal organs at this point. And that's oh. no judgment. Which probably is going to happen at some point. Right. Oh, probably. yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> anyway, so, so Bette tweeted that. But then where it really took a turn was when Chloe Moretz uh, inexplicably decided to be like, um, you need to show young women that there's more uh, to their life than just their bodies. I can read the exact quote. I brought it. I truly hope you realize how important setting goals are for young women, teaching them we have so much more to offer than just our bodies. I don't know why she said that, honestly. <laughs> and to be fair, there's, you know, I mean, Kim ended up responding basically like, who are you? But I think that was the <laughs> of this moment. It's like, what connection does Chloe have to the Kardashians? Mm-hmm. I don't know that she's ever been, She, you know, she's part of young Hollywood, but I don't know that she's ever been particularly vocal no. or opinionated about mm-hmm. anything. No, and frankly, I mean, this might be cynical, and I do not know this for a fact, and no disrespect, I guess no disrespect, and then I'm about to disrespect her, but I think that <laughs> Chloe, like, I don't know, it felt very opportunistic to me. It's like, oh, like other young stars, like Ariel Winter, have been talking about bodies, and body shaming is a big thing to talk about, and it gets you a lot of press, and I'm just going to, like, jump in. Again, I don't know that this is what she was doing, 
doing, but it didn't feel authentic to me because she doesn't talk about this stuff a lot. And like, also, you're a beautiful young woman who's in photo shoots in magazines looking great. And whether you're clothed or not, like if you're a celebrity, you always run the risk of making another woman feel bad about herself. And it's not your mm-hmm. fault and it's nobody's fault. But like, don't act holier than thou, 19 year old. Right. She's not exactly like really like fighting the system. <laughs> I don't know. I just got really mad at Chloe. And I, it wasn't planned. It's just it's coming out It's coming now. out. It's coming Sorry, out. Sorry, young child. Okay, I'm old. So Chloe responded and that kind of maybe like in some ways mm-hmm. was like, oh, people are really paying attention right. to this. But then the other thing, and I'll keep it quick, I, that I think made this a thing thing is Kim popped off back and to you know and responded to her haters in a way that she really usually doesn't. She's usually very composed. Everything sort of waits for the show to have a real reaction. Um, I think Chris has run a tight ship in making sure that they, um, I don't know, don't say anything that can get them in trouble. Right, and she I, right. Back. And sorry, I didn't mean to no, cut you okay. off, but I was just going to say, you know, in times where Kim sort of has addressed things like newsy things, or the, you know, it's always been a little like. LOL. Like, literally, yeah. she'll yeah. be like, LOL on the tweet. I like to think of it as lol when Kim says lol. it. But, yeah, <laughs> I LOL. Like, I say lol in my head also. You say lol too. Lol. We're all lolling, so Kim has been very lol. But this was different. She really yeah. responded to this. She usually seems so sweet. And and people actually thought Kanye, like, took over her Twitter or that Chloe took over her Twitter because it was unusually um, toothy. And I think that that was kind of – it helped – the rest of us get really worked up about this as though there are two sides to things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it also just made people feel like, yeah, I want to defend you because you're finally defending yourself. And Right. And she basically wrote sort of a... Oh, then she wrote on her blog. Right. Like a sort of more thoughtful um, thing that wasn't calling Bette Midler old. Um, yeah, it was just like, I want to elaborate... I liked this part. I don't do drugs. I hardly drink. I never committed a crime. And yet I'm a bad role model for being proud of my body. Like... We'll get into the empowerment part of it, and I think that's probably where Jill would speak better on the whole thing. But I do like that one part of it because I think the whole thing is so odd that, like, why can't she do what she wants of all people? You know, Miranda Kerr is on a magazine cover in, I think, I don't know, some Australian magazine cover right now. Um, And she is basically covering her breasts the same way, but you see her whole body, and no one's going crazy over that. So what is it about this photo? Is it that it's not by a photographer who's fancy and on a chic magazine cover that's culturally highbrow? Is it that Kim has ownership over her own image? Uh, You know, and that's where the empowering stuff comes in. Absolutely. Hmm. And Jill, you know, you are a brilliant genius who writes brilliant things for Cosmo and a million other places (laughs) all the time. But I'm sort of curious about, like, you know, you're always paying attention to everything that's happening in the world. Like, at one at what point during this timeline that Patty just sort of unpacked did you really feel like, oh my God, I have things to say about this? I think it was when Patty emailed me and asked me to have something. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> How the sausage is made. I, I admittedly do not follow a whole ton of Kardashian news. Um, you know, it comes across my Facebook feed more than I would like. Um, but I mean, one of the reasons when uh, Patty did send me this story that I was interested in writing about it was because you saw this word empowered and empowerment come up over and over in Kim's response, um, which to me was really fascinating because, I, you know, you see that word a lot. You see it in feminist spaces. You see it in global health and development. You see it a lot from celebrities um, and in this kind of, like, celebrity feminist space. Um, and to me, this word has basically become totally meaningless. 
Um, you know, it's, uh, the whole conversation around Kim Selfie was, was very, very silly. This is a woman who published an entire book of selfies. Right. And people are mad because there's one where she has her clothes off. Like, <laughs> come on. Um, <laughs> You know, so that I think was pretty dumb. There was, you know, a lot of really unnecessary and stupid kind of shaming of her for being naked. Everyone is naked under their clothes. Like, we kind of just need to get over it. Um, there's nothing, you know, nothing about being clothed or unclothed makes you a bad person or a good person or a bad role model or a good role model. Um, but what was striking to me was the idea that posing you know, the, the way Kim posed, so taking her clothes off and taking a photo, was empowering. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to me, that's something, it can feel good, it can be fun. It, of course, it, you know, for a lot of women, it feels great to feel sexy and attractive. Um, you know, it, that probably made Kim a decent amount of money. Um, all of those things, you know, are, are great, but it's not the same thing as actually being powerful. Um, and the line that kind of got me about Kim's in Kim's response, you know, was that she says she's empowered by not being ashamed of her body, um, but that she hopes that through her platform she's been given, she can encourage the same empowerment for girls and women all over the world. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, I mean, what does that mean? I mean, empowerment to me is about things like allocation of resources, uh, things like influence in politics and policy, um, you know, access to fair pay, to Right, to decent compensation, to be able to eat and feed your family, to be treated the same um, as men, to have total control over your body in all ways, including, you know, whether or not you have kids. Um, I don't know that just because something makes you feel good or because even because something earns you money, that that means it's empowering. And... You know, Stephanie, I think you should jump in and kind yeah, of react. Yeah, I have a lot of I reactions I can tell you're like, right now. she's like squirming in her My seat. face is like, I have thoughts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I've been doing naked performance art for a while, and I only recently started doing nude modeling. And can you just clarify for people yeah. that are maybe unfamiliar, when you say naked performance art, what exactly do you mean? Oh, what's what don't you mean? Art? I mean, yeah. it's endless, but I mean, if I want to be like specific for this context, I'll... Be naked in front of people often and usually with like a an artistic perspective or purpose, a message I'm trying to communicate, a conversation I'm trying to start through it. Um, and is this normally in a gallery space or like literally on the street of New York or um, like where do you do your art? Well, I'll, I mean, I'll do it in various spe- There's this bar in Bushwick called Bizarre Bar that I'm trying to perform at more in, in I don't know, various spaces that sure. are intended for that mm-hmm. um there was i don't know if you guys know this guy named matthew silver he's a performance artist who runs around in like a <clears throat> bright green speedo i mean granted he's like a dude so there's a lot different going on there but you know i've performed with him a bit and that's like on the streets of new york but i haven't really been naked in those situations but okay. yeah there's most people were. You're either wearing your underwear or a costume. Okay. And they did once have a nude um, looping is what they called it. Yeah. A nude looping? Looping is what you call it when you're running around being oh. weird with Matthew Silver. Oh, great. Um, yeah. <laughs> so looping is like the art word for streaking. I Maybe. Yeah. I mean, it's specific okay, to these this group of people. Okay. Yeah. So you've been doing that for a while and now yes. you are... So what is different to you about being a nude model? And what kind of... When you're a nude model, what kind of... Does that mean you're more, like, hired for a gig? Yeah, I mean, oh, I have so many thoughts. I mean, mm-hmm. the thing is, you know, I was I was 
saying this earlier, you know, before we started this, it's like when I'm nude modeling and someone asks me to wear high heels, first of all, I could say no if I feel like it. But the other thing is when I put on high heels, suddenly I'm naked as opposed to nude. Okay. And I feel like with Kim Kardashian having these black bars over her, that makes her more naked than nude in a way where we're drawing attention to like, the vulgarity. It's like when you look at those old paintings of nude women and then all of a sudden in history we have a woman in a nude painting wearing heels. Suddenly it's like, oh, we're in the real world and there's a person who's naked as opposed to, oh, it's this ethereal painting and the abstract female form. Sure. So I feel like that's So you're distinguishing between nude as sort of being something that can be artistic and meaningful in that way yeah. and naked, which is part of this larger sexist world we all live in where it feels like it's hard to be naked without having it be sexualized. I mean, yeah, but also I'm totally fine with me being naked as opposed to nude and with people being naked as opposed to nude. I mean, with the whole word empowerment, there's like there's the like Sheryl Sandberg feminism of like you know, use your agency, make your choices. But she's in a context where she ha- context where she has the ability to make a lot of choices. And I feel like that's kind of like what Jill, Jill, Jill. Okay, yeah. great. Oh, God. <laughs> it's kind of like what, what Jill was saying. You know, I think, I don't know. I think it's empowering when I decide to go into, I, I sought out this work. I was like, I want to be a nude model. I'm going to call every art school and I'm going to ask artists like, hey, can I be, are you hiring nude models? And it is empowering for me to be able to make this choice. Like I was raised an Orthodox Jew and the the choices around nudity were so different and it was all framed in our relationship to men's eyes and like the male gaze and them looking at us. And it's like, oh, like cover, you know, your knees because if you don't, like you're going to arouse some dude and give him like sinful thoughts. It's like some some people were even like, don't sing because that'll arouse a dude and give him sinful thoughts. And it's like, cool, like it's not about you, you know? Mm-hmm. And I I really like that. And I think it is empowering to make the choices that you are given regardless of what people are going to think but it's also important not to forget that different people have different choices and some people have less choices and that has to do with allocation of resources etc she has a lot of choices i think it's empowering for her to make them regardless of what people are going to think because it's not about them and i think also it would be empowering if we give other women around the world more choices i don't know Go ahead. It feels like it's not just the nudity then that's yeah. empowering when you're, it's like it needs to go hand in hand with maybe other things. And I don't mean to get like into semantics here, but <laughs> when she hashtag liberated, I felt less irritated too by the use of that word because it feels like she's always been in this prison of worrying what people will think about her <laughs> and bringing things back to the sex tape. And am I showing too much of myself? And am I going to be, you know, her image and image and image? And now she's liberated from that and she's, you know, not going to worry about what people think about her. And similarly, you're talking about how you were always worried that, you know, if you said something, you were giving a man sinful thoughts. <laughs> so, like, I don't know why the difference in word matters to me, but like that it does for whatever reason. But then also, it's like your empowerment is, uh, <coughs> I don't know, coming from other things, like the mm. ability to have an education, which it sounds like, are you in college right now? Or Yeah. Yeah, so it's like that's also part of your empowerment, you know, 
too. So it's not just this isolated thing in a vacuum where now you're doing nude modeling and therefore you are empowered. It's like all these things going hand in hand, which women around the world all don't have. Yeah. And so I don't know. I just think it's so weird that we are talking about feminism in this way to me all the time, not to sound like like. I don't know, like I feel like a piece of dust or something when I talk like this or just like <laughs> I'm just like in the tumbleweeds. But it is like, why is this the conversation we latch onto always on Internet feminism? It drives me insane. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment and more. Play it at play.it. Well, and Jill, I think that kind of is a bit of the point you're making. And, I, you know, we're obviously having a lot of this conversation around Kim Kardashian, who I always try personally to talk about as much as possible. But, (laughs) you know, you're I mean, I think in your essay, it's pretty clear. Like, it's not like you're coming for Kim Kardashian. Like, you obviously don't even really care that much about her at all. And I think part of the point of your essay is like a bit like eyes on the prize. Like, let's focus on like the larger conversation, you know, as you always do in your writing about feminism and allocation of resources um and i completely forgot where i was going with this point but i guess patty (laughs) in some ways like you guys are aligned in that way it's like why do these discussions when we're all in some ways on the same page about Mm. things like why do these discussions always get sidetracked with these like lame conversations about yeah i mean i also just resent it for like all sorts of things like I like to I was joking before I like to wear like v-neck shirts and like sometimes that means you're seeing cleavage I'm well aware of the fact that like you're not supposed to show cleavage in an office and I feel like fuck that and does it mean I'm empowered no it just means I am literally not putting at the forefront of my thinking every fucking morning what I'm gonna wear and what's appropriate for this and that Mm -hmm. similarly I like to wear flannel shirts that are oversized and remind me of the 90s when life was better for me (laughs) it's like but I just am not gonna like I can't deal with that being the biggest thing every single day and I resent the whole fact that it often is. I am shocked to learn just now that you are not supposed to show cleavage in the workplace. I don't know. I like kind of air quoted that or in my head I air quoted. I don't I don't know if that's actually true, but when you read all these advice things, there are just so many you know, and how many times it's have like you seen a, like a man, man Yeah, it's like a new lip um, like I've seen men lift their shirts up at work and I see their happy trail and I'm like wait a second I'm seeing your happy trail why is this okay yeah because you're a man and you just lifted your arms up and praise be like I don't get it I feel like in some ways the main thing here is like the word empowerment I mean that's what the Jill's article was about and I mean words are words and people are going to use them in different ways but I feel like what I mean what's happening with me and you know and with Kim maybe I mean I'm not Kim I don't know what she's thinking but it's like there is a certain like psychological thing about like fear and shame and guilt and etc you know and it's like there is a certain amount of empowerment and you could be more empowered once you decide to not give in to those fears like when I like came out as not religious and like queer like in all the spaces where my religious relatives are going to see it was in order so that you know I was always afraid of making artwork that was like really naked in the way that I wanted it to be because what is my grandma gonna think and I decided I'm not gonna have that fear in my head anymore and I'm gonna choose to put myself in a context where I have more choices about what I do. But I, I do think it's important not to get distracted by those things and to remember like allocation of resources and giving people those choices. Yeah, but this is like that's like a really interesting and like wonderful story to hear. And I do actually feel 
powered by it by like just association of being with you in this room right now. But I think what's really strange is that Kim Kardashian and the conversation around it is supposed to now make big blanket statements about Hmm. how women, all women should feel what this means for all women. And that's just kind of bizarre because, um, I mean, there is no all women and everyone's story is different. And unfortunately we can't just think about unique people's stories we have to have like these sweeping statements. Well, yeah. and I honestly do like I felt like kind of depressed after I read your essay and not only because <laughs> I love everything King, Kim Kardashian does, but like on a very basic level, Jill, I didn't disagree with anything you're saying. I mean, mm-hmm. as always, you were 100% right, but it was a little like disheartening. <laughs> like it's like, well, you know what? Wouldn't it be nice if posting <laughs> posting a naked selfie kind of did solve the problem? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like it's just and I, mean, yeah, yeah, so I please. It would be nice if, like, if posting a naked selfie was not something that even really got commented on. You know, right. it was just like, people are naked sometimes in their lives and sometimes they're not, and there's nothing shameful about it. Um, there's also not necessarily anything empowering about it. You know, not everything has to exist on either the, like, bad or good continuum, right? Some things can just be. Um, and I think my my sort of issue with the empowerment language isn't that it doesn't, for individual women, sometimes feel empowering, right, to post the nude selfie or to post the sexy photo or whatever it is. Um, I, lots of women say that feels empowering, and I believe them, and I think that that's true. Um, and I think the conversation we were having earlier about, you know, especially breaking out of a background in which sexuality and nudity was associated, you know, with, with shame, um, and with, you know, a whole kind of set of morals uh, that say that you're kind of less of a good person if you appear in public in a certain way. Um, that is very, that's an incredibly powerful thing to break out of that um, and to shift your mindset and to do so publicly, you know, in a way that sends the message to other women and girls that this isn't shameful, that the kind of stories you've been hearing your whole life don't have to be true. Um that is a huge and important thing, and I don't want to sound as though I'm trying to dismiss that or to say that that's not powerful. It is. Um, I guess my sort of issue is that, you know, women in our society tend to get put in a couple of boxes, and there's, you know, one way to be kind of an acceptable woman is, you know, to be modest and to be virginal and to not really be publicly sexual in any way. And, you know, another way to sort of succeed at femininity um, is to be, you know, sort of a, a, a sexual object. And my issue is that kind of in both of those frames, the power is ultimately coming from men who are getting to make decisions about what's attractive, about what's valuable, um, about what they want. And, yes, women can achieve some degree of power by meeting those expectations. Um, and I want to be clear here that all of us do this to some degree, right? Like, I do it. You all in that room probably Every day. do it. So this is just something that, like... <laughs> For a living. You know, <laughs> like, outlier. Yes. Um, you know, but it is this whole big system that is essentially made by and for men. And so I don't blame women for acting within that system to their own benefit, right? right. Like, there is nothing shameful about getting yours um, or doing things that make you feel good. I think doing things that make you feel good is like criminally underrated. (laughs) (laughs) Women especially should do it more. Um, But I think that we we can't confuse that with real power. And I don't know that we can confuse even, you know, feeling good or feeling 
uh, once we've done something positive and independent in our own lives, um, with, you know, actual real-world access to money, resources, and influence. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that is absolutely an excellent point. But I guess then the question becomes, and again, I don't mean to be like, Jill Filipovich solves sexism, but isn't <laughs> that so hopeless? I mean, we are all fighting the good fight to, like... Yeah. I mean, really, that is what we are doing every day at Cosmo is sort of calling things out when we see right. them. That's actually why, like, even though we keep, like, having this conversation about Kim Kardashian, like, I think it's important to have these conversations and, you know, analyze these things and talk about them. But, you know, how do women yeah. get real power? Like, it's just, it's not working. It's not working. Well, <laughs> look I mean, at Hillary Clinton. I don't think it's helpless yeah. at all. Um, <laughs> right. You know, I think, you know, even, uh, you know, when we're talking about breaking out of a very religious childhood and becoming a news model. That is a step in the right, I think, socially, you know, a step in a positive direction. Not because everybody who's raised religious should become a news model, if that's <laughs> what they want to do, um, but because, you know, that does show, I think, that there are in an increasing number of options out there for women, and they're imperfect, and, you know, women do not have anything close to the same access to power, to money, to resources, to influence that men have, either, you know, just within the United States or globally. Um, but, you know, we are making slow and steady shifts. And as much as, you know, like Patty, the sort of feminist celebrity conversation drives me a little bit crazy, too, <laughs> the truth is, uh, talking about things like empowerment, like feminism, like the conversation we're having now on, on this podcast, um, these are really great inroads to feminist thought, I think, especially for women who maybe, you know, don't have access to, like, a women's studies class, right, um, or didn't grow up with a feminist mom. You know, if, if a woman can click on Cosmo.com and see a piece about Kim Kardashian and, you know, start thinking and, frankly, decide for herself whether she thinks nudity is empowering or disempowering or kind of none of the above, um, you know, that it's a little thing, but it's a little more than we had before. And I think that's all, I think that's incredibly valuable. And I do think that you know, the feminist message is spreading further and wider. And my hope is that the celebrity conversation can be an inroad to it. And then our conversations can also get deeper and more complex. Um, and I do also want to say, um, Jill, that totally, as always, agree with everything you're saying. But, you know, as much as... Alisa, you can totally disagree with me. Yeah. No. <laughs> all no, women I, must agree with each yeah, other yeah. at all times. All women Rule are the number same, one. the same opinions. Feminism. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Um, no, but I, I just wanted to say, I feel... Like, because I love Kim so much, I feel like I want to keep defending to people that are listening to this that haven't necessarily read your article. I feel like right. I want to keep defending that you really don't come after Kim no. in yeah, the piece no, at all. No. But that said, like, I do think that, you know, you're not sort of just saying, like, oh, selfie isn't real empowerment. Like, we right. need to focus on things that are actually give women power across the world. Like, yes, that is the point you make in your essay. But, like, I think you do sort of suggest a little bit. I don't – danger is too strong of a word. But hmm. I do think you sort of suggest that she is contributing to the way that women are sexualized. Is that fair to say? Like, do you think there's a yeah. a danger in that? Also, um, I want to bookmark that I have a question for Jill later. Okay. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Oh, no. So, go, Jill, you go ahead and respond. And then Stephanie has a question for you herself. Okay. <laughs> go ahead. Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't – I don't. I certainly don't blame Kim for that. I mean, look, I think that Kim, no woman invented 
the sort of bigger system that we're all operating in, right? And so within that system, I think all of us kind of do our best to get the resources that we need and to get what we can and to hopefully kind of feel good and positive doing it. And I think that's what Kim's doing. Um, you know, I don't think that makes her a bad role model or a bad person. Um, I think it, frankly, makes her a pretty savvy individual and entrepreneur, right. <laughs> yeah. which, you know, which I have a lot of respect for. Um, you know, that said, I think it's part of a question of whether you look at this as a, a system that each individual has an obligation to change, um, which is not how I see it, or if you see this as kind of a, a bigger system wherein you can critique the ways that individuals feed into it without thinking that it's those individuals' like personal fault or responsibility to change it, um, which is kind of where I come down. So, yes, I do think that this, you know, the idea of women who are, you know, what they're primarily kind of contributing or the primary reason they're famous um, is because they're sexually attractive to men. I don't think that is a good system. Um, I don't think that that is good for women. I don't think it's good for girls. I think if you look at this, you know, very uh, the whole universe of studies um, on sexualized images of women and how that impacts adolescent girls, you know, it, it does, it, it does. It contributes to eating disorders. It contributes to depression. Um, one of the, you know, sort of to me, the most disturbing things is that it contributes young women who uh, have access to more sexualized images of women and girls um, tend to be less sexually assertive. So they're not necessarily getting what they want from their sexual partners. They're less likely to use condoms. Um, so they're not as able to negotiate to keep themselves as safe as they would like to keep themselves during sex. Um, so they're having worse. They're having worse sex. <laughs> um, you know, and there's also right these issues with depression and eating disorders and all kinds of psychological complications. Um, you know, that's a that's a real downside. I don't think that's Kim Kardashian's fault, um, but I do think that you know we're kidding ourselves if we say that Kim Kardashian isn't sort of part of this bigger system that is ultimately really bad for women and girls even though it's not his fault. <laughs> do you, right. Do you guys feel like there's a way that Kim could have responded to this that would have been, you know, Jill, you say basically like, let's not pretend like this was a feminist manifesto. Mm. Is there anything she could have said that would have been satisfying to you guys? Patty, yeah. you look at what celebrities do all the time. Is there anything she could, you said you mm. liked part of her response. Is there anything you feel like she could have said that would have been like, oh, this actually is positive for the conversation? I kind of, act, I liked I didn't dislike any of her response. I just, I didn't feel like I wanted to hear the empowerment conversation for similar reasons that Jill didn't want to, or not to speak for you, but you get my mm. point. Um, but I, I guess, you know, is there a way she could positively be part of that conversation? Or just like, no. no like, I th- sorry, I mean, Kim, no. I, I, I think she absolutely could be. I mean, if she wanted to put on her website, for example, um, a section where she talks about how to be a good businesswoman. I mean, I don't mm-hmm. know. Now I feel stuffy and boring saying that. She can do what she wants is kind of right. how I feel about yeah. it. I'm not really comfortable saying, saying. I mean, I like your question, but right. just from a PR perspective, no, I think that this is her brand and she needs to keep moving forward and being consistent with it and not like letting people change how she presents herself because that's why she's so successful. But, you know, if I were to ask if I were in a meeting with Kim Kardashian, Patty Greco wanting to get something from Kim Kardashian, I would be like, how do I build a brand? My brand should be X, not 
what your brand is because I'm a different person, but how do I do it? How do I stay consistent? Mm -hmm. How do I stay on message? How do I, uh, how do I save money? Cause I don't have any like, money. Have <laughs> what do I do, Kim? Like yeah. I would like yeah. milk her for everything she's worth as a businesswoman, but do I think she should do that? No, she has to stay the course cause that's why she's so famous. Yeah. Um, and Jill, do you think there's anything that Kim could have said that would have felt more satisfying to you? Yeah. I mean, I would have loved to hear her say, look, I look great in this photo. I'm proud of my body. I don't really care. <laughs> you know, if you guys think right. this makes me a bad role model. What? This, this is my, it's her whole brand. Um, yeah, I mean, I would have, that I think would have been sort of fine if she would have just said, like, screw you guys. You have, A, I'm making a ton of money on this, so thank you. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and B, this is, this is what I do. So why the concern and, you know, why the kind of shaming of, like, me naked in front of the mirror? Get over it. Right. Yeah. I, I also think that there's, you know, there's a difference between, you know, Joe, when you say, like, sometimes women are making the choice to be a sex object, you know, and that's, I think there's also, like, a term missing from the conversation, which is, like, a sexual agent and I mean you kind of talk about that a little bit like okay you know it's not like women who who girls who are exposed to naked images of women are suddenly you know having more agency in their relationship to sex but I think there's a difference between seeing photos of models um and seeing photos of women having more control of how they're viewed like there's a difference between when there's a photo online that an artist painted of me naked and then between when I go on stage naked and it's like who is the person fully in control of that nudity so seeing Kim Kardashian like haha like when you don't have any clothes to wear like this is me naked and then everyone being upset about it and her being like I chose to be naked and then there's a difference between when we see a lot of you know images of nude women are mostly nude women in commercials who, you know, for keeping their job need to, you know, maybe be anorexic, you know, if, if they're in pornography, like aren't actually given choices to like use condoms and like aren't really fully in control where Kim has a lot of money and she's, she really is making her decisions. And I, I think that's a different thing. Um, Stephanie, I think it's interesting the way you just explained this idea of agency given that you told us that you started as sort of like doing naked performance art, but then actually as a second step saw out doing more nude, nude, more nude modeling, which in the way you just explained it is sort of like you do. Mm. I don't want to say like you lose agency because it's your choice. And also like, do I even really know how to use the word agency? (laughs) I feel like it's become as meaningless as empowerment. But, um, but you know, that is, it's interesting to hear you put it in perspective like that. If someone is painting you nude, they're really the one that's controlling the image of you. But that was something you sought out in some way. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm all about this thing. I mean, I don't know. There's, I don't know. I'm all about this. No, I, there's, <laughs> I feel you girl. <laughs> I have a group, being a group of people who like make a lot of work together in Bushwick, we have this thing we put together. It's called Am I Right Ladies? And it's like a festival of work and a lot of times what it is, well, first of all, it's always by women. And this stuff is usually like sharing sex stories, relationships to our bodies, like vulgar stuff and just like embracing it and enjoying it. And a big part of it, and I feel like a big part of like my community of of artists, like my, you know, my small one is 
like embracing my ability to choose to objectify myself in a certain way, like even like BDSM sex culture, like making the choice to be a subject in a relationship as long as I really, really have the ability to pull myself out. And I don't think models always do. I don't think people in pornography always do. And people without a lot of resources, without a lot of choices, really, you know, might not have like a fair choice of pulling themselves out but when you do have the choice to make yourself a subject sometimes I choose to like be in power naked and sometimes I'm like I want to make the choice to not be in power while naked as long as I can step out of it when I want and consent's always in there you know and you feel like that yeah and you feel like you're working in an industry in a community where you have the option to make those choices yes and and I have I have like the emotional ability, you know, in in the system and environment that girls are are raised and brought up. Women don't always have in their head like the comfort and ability to really be assertive, but I know I'm someone who does, you know? And and because I have it's like, okay, you know, if this modeling gig doesn't work out, I'll get another job, you know, but someone who doesn't have that there's less of that. And so I, you know, I think there's some systematic change that needs to happen so so more people have that. But you can choose to make yourself a sexual object. You can choose to make yourself a sexual subject. You could choose a lot of things and as long as you have the ability to consent and pull yourself out, no pun intended, like mm-hmm. during it then that's that's great. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I think we started off saying we were going to talk about this Kim Kardashian selfie, but really about self-empowerment yeah. and sexism. And, and like really the whole conversation, I think, has been about choice on some level, Yeah, which is interesting because I feel like the joke I make on every episode of the podcast is that all of our conversations end up being about social media. Like oh. it's like the answer to everything is social media. Social. And this one, which is sort of in some ways grounded in the mm. social media thing, I feel like we haven't talked about it at all. So I'm <laughs> glad true. to have Yay. like I'm glad that that did not come up at all who cares social media is over (laughs) we are about out of time but i would love to know jill do you have any um closing thoughts any like what's your like what do will you say something basically that will make me feel hopeful (laughs) (laughs) um well i mean i love what stephanie just said and i think that is a really important contribution uh to this conversation um especially a point about sexual agency and i do think that we have seen over the past you know, 10, 20, 30 years, and I think we're seeing it going in the right direction, um, a real shift in how much agency women, young women especially, have over their own sexuality and sexual choices. Um, I think that's incredibly important. And one thing that I think is awesome um, about sort of the, this revival that the feminist movement has been having over the past few years is that I do think that it has it isn't just grounded in pop culture. And I think places like Cosmo, you know, they open up these really important conversations that then do really trickle up into the political system. Um, You know, we have a woman running for president, and whether or not you're a Hillary Clinton fan right now, sexism has been so much at the forefront of this conversation. We're able to identify it sooner. It's automatically assumed to be a bad thing. (laughs) This wasn't always the case. Uh, you know, when we talk about abortion rights, people use the word abortion now. Uh, we're not just, you know, using these kind of uh, cloak words, um, you know, like reproductive rights, um, which is an important term. But, you know, you hear politicians using the A word. A lot of this stuff does come from online feminist discourse. And 
Yes, some people are brought into that online feminist discourse through talking about Kim Kardashian's naked selfie. Um, you know, but that that's a very, very powerful way to get women and girls involved in this movement. Um, and it's having a real political impact. And so, you know, I, I do think that we're, we're headed in the right direction. And this is ultimately, it's a good thing we're having these conversations. Um, that actually did make me feel so much better. Yeah, it made me feel better. Yeah. It made me feel bad because I, I shit on uh, online feminism, but it's I'm just exhausted because I, I work in it, so it's yeah. exhausting. But I agree with you, Jill, that it is something that I'm also very grateful for. And I was a gender studies major, so it's like, of course, I occasionally get like irritable about it because it's like, what about, you know, whatever. But I'm, I, I'm glad you summed it up that way. It made me feel better, too. Sorry for shitting on online feminism. <laughs> feminism. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and in closing, um, Stephanie, where should our New York listeners, I don't know how many New York listeners we have, but let's assume we have <laughs> millions. Um, where, if they want to check out your work, where should they find you prancing around um, naked in the world? Everywhere. No. Uh, well, you know, I'm working on my website. Okay. <laughs> um, so it's steve.com. A lot of people call me Steve for some reason. And that's S T E V. P-H-E. Um, and then kind of around Bushwick, there's a really fun scene there. There's Bizarre Bar that once a month on Wednesdays has a performance art night. There's a lot of different venues there. There's the festival Am I Right Ladies. I do a lot with that. Um, and, you know, Google my name, you'll find stuff. That's kind of it. Perfect. Okay, yeah. I'm going to head to Bushwick. And um, Jill, you are no stranger to having people tweet at you constantly all the time. Where is the best place for people to follow you um, and tweet about how much they agree with you, like I've been saying this entire podcast? Um, well, I, I also encourage people to disagree with me. Um, you know, <laughs> you can have different opinions, and it's it's good for feminism. Um, but you can find me at, it's at Jill Filipovich, uh, J-I-L-L-F-I-L-I-P-O-V-I-C. And Patty, where is the best place for people to agree or disagree with you? In their dreams. <laughs> no, I'm just, I, uh, I don't really do social media very much, but I'm at Patty, P-A-T-T-I, Greco, G-R-E-C-O on Twitter. And you can read amazing things that Along Patty, Cosmo, yeah. yeah, that had Patty, lots of usually edits, not like this, that yeah. edits, but all the time, every day on Cosmopolitan.com. Um, and you guys can find me as always everywhere at Lisa Benson. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of Cosmopolitan.com's Happy Hour podcast. Please like it and comment it and share it and subscribe and like do whatever else you do with podcasts. I don't know. See you guys next week. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.